is our house penalty show i am here with lewis oh we're still here and this is david and uh, bobby is still absent uh and uh but he is with us in spirit of course so uh lewis we are here to talk about what seems to be a reoccurring segment on this on this penalty show jonathan gonzalez um new information so we started covering mexico is that what you're telling me uh, no, no, no. Gio and Jonah didn't make us do it, so, uh, Jonathan Gonzalez certainly won't. And, uh, I, I think we've, uh, we've already talked about this on this very show, that we are hardcore Iceland fans, uh, <laughs> going into the summer. Uh, no, actually, uh, some new information popped up this week on, uh, on the, the Max and Herc, uh, podcast, uh, the podcast that, um, Max Bredos and, uh, um, Hercules Gomez uh, have on ESPN. Uh, they talked about the recruitment of Jonathan Gonzalez or lack thereof. And then uh, just yesterday, they Hercules unveiled some new information that has people talking. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on some of this stuff. Um, apparently, uh, when the U.S. lost out on Jonathan Gonzalez, he decided to sign for Mexico or to uh, to to follow one time switch to play for Mexico. There was a lot of speculation going around of of how much uh, U.S. soccer reached out and and tried to to recruit this player. Thomas Rongen went on and uh, and said that he visited the player multiple times. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Jonathan Gonzalez's father came back and said no he didn't uh he never came to my house uh which which uh rongan uh said said that he did um and then what was further infuriating is that hercules gomez revealed that it's uh he heard a story that richie williams uh the then uh youth national team director um when when uh, uh jonathan was 14 years old gave him a 10-minute ultimatum, a, a basically take it or leave it, to decide whether or not he was going to join the re- U.S. residency program or, uh, or, or look at offers from Liga MX. Uh, and I don't care what country you live in, giving a 14-year-old kid 10 minutes to decide his whole entire career's uh, trajectory is ludicrous. Um, this is something that has really, really struck me as it struck a chord with me because there's a lot of discussions going on right now in U.S. In, in US soccer. And again, we're way, 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 way down on the totem pole. We're here from the fans' perspective. We don't have any inside information. We've never coached at a high level. We've never played at a high level, but we've watched a lot of soccer and we have some ideas about what we think can help the U S program or what we think needs to happen, um, in order for, for the, the program to, to make a, a leap. Um, one of those things obviously is just time culture. Um, but hearing things like this is what infuriates me because it really does, um, play into the idea that there is a level of arrogance and entitlement uh, that's just pandemic throughout from from the bottom up uh, all the way to the top, all the way to Sunil. 
uh, Galati. Um, this is infuriating, Lewis, and and it's possible that the fact that Jonathan Gonzalez decided not to go into residency program because he only had ten minutes uh, to to make a decision whether or not he was going to spurn a bunch of uh, Liga MX club MX clubs or go with Chivas USA or whoever was uh, trying to recruit him at that time. Um, also may have cost him a, a spot on the uh, U-20 World Cup. Yeah, um, a, a lot of stuff going on with what you just said. Uh, a lot of information to process, and there is a lot of anger. Obviously, um, U.S. soccer is uh, at its lowest point it's ever been in its history. Um, this, uh, I said it last week in, in the penalty show that, or maybe it was even on the regular podcast, that signing Jonathan Gonzalez wasn't necessarily um, a loss that would make or break a program. Um, and I continue to stick by that. The, the reason for the pain in not signing Jonathan Gonzalez is knowing that in four years, or starting this new cycle... Um, it, it was going to be a rebuilding year and you were going to have new uh, and young players coming in. Um, he would have fit that criteria perfectly. And the fact that he was playing on a uh, in a strong league, in one of the top leagues uh, at the time and starting and making a difference, it, it, it's almost a, a no-brainer to have him on the team or at least be on the radar. And when this revelation came out, it was just adding fuel to the fire there um, because it made me believe that, look, after the, the national team failed to qualify for the World Cup, all these criticisms of the players and the coaches and the federation were the exact same things that Klinsman was trying to change. And at the time, um, a lot of the fans, including you, David, were really hard on Klinsman for trying to make these changes, being too easy on the player, uh, you know, take your ideas back to Europe, it doesn't work here. I think you were part of that arrogance as well. Uh, it uh, wasn't uh, until after the fact that, you know, people started to realize, huh, maybe he was uh, onto something here. And well, I have to look, believe that if Klinsman was still the coach... Let's not put in the would they have made the World Cup. That I think at this point that's completely irrelevant. If we're talking about Jonathan Gonzalez, can you honestly tell me that if Klinsman was the coach, Jonathan Gonzalez would be playing for Mexico right now? The answer is one hundred percent no. Uh, I I don't I don't think you can um, I don't think you can you can make a definitive answer on that because it seems like oh I could definitely make a definitive uh, answer on that 100%. no because it's no, no 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 because it seems like Jonathan Gonzalez feels spurned by the whole program from when he was from fourteen all the way up until now so that's five four to five years of sort of being treated as a a, a, a second class uh, a player somebody who is just like well you know whatever you you can you can here we're throwing you a bone if you really want it you can come get it but we're not going to go chase you and and uh the FMF did go chase him and they wind and dine his parents and they 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 made him feel welcome and they made him feel like he was going to be a part of something um 
that the U.S. just never did uh, for him. And and he was he was on board with the program up until um, you know the the last straw. It seemed like and he didn't get called into a, to a friendly game uh, against Portugal. But, um, but the thing but is, hold is on, that- but hold on. Here's here's the thing I do want to bring up. Because you you mentioned Klinsman and how he was trying to change the mentality and 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 get rid of the the sort of entitled and, and coddled American player, um, but let me ask you this, Lewis: uh, when Jonathan Gonzalez when 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 Jonathan Gonzalez was asked whether or not Juan Carlos Osorio has promised him a spot on the World Cup roster if he made a switch, he emphatically said no, no. He said I can come in and I can try and earn my spot. But who's the coach that gave a teenager a guaranteed World Cup spot and left off a country legend? Um, well, Jurgen Klinsmann. You're, you're, you're talking to the wrong person because I, though I am in the, the extreme minority here, and I'm saying this on a podcast, uh, on a Galaxy podcast, where this particular legend is more than that, and he's a god and he's untouchable. I was one of the few that agreed with Klinsman that Donovan should be left off that team. And um, though, if you're telling me if it's based on pure talent alone, and I know you're talking about Julian Green, uh, the answer is no. That, obviously, um, you can't compare the two. However, uh, it, it wasn't just for the sabbatical. I actually believe that he uh, himself said that he is not at 100%. And... I think that played a big part in it. Klinsman uh, wanted guys who were at 100%. And on record, Donovan said, I'm not at 100%. It, it, almost, uh, it, it almost seemed that you gave the coach a uh, um, an easy decision uh, in, in saying something like that. Um, I really can't tell you that is the definitive reason why. Um, it, it could have been personal. It could have been a sabbatical thing. I don't know. But uh, I am one of the few that agree with Klinsman in, in this choice. And honestly, uh, that team got as far as it possibly could have. Um, with Donovan on the team, I don't think they get any further. Um, I don't think he would have made that much of a difference. Um, and uh, they, they still would have been, they still would have went down to a much superior Belgian side in the second round. Yeah. Um, a, a, a game in which Julian uh, Green scored, by the way. But... Um, that being said, I think that Klinsman had, and I said this before, that he had an impossible task. It was extremely difficult. Um, the easy part was the X's and O's. It was the strategy. It was the tactics. And that's where well, no, that was that was never the easy part no. because if you listen to anybody who brought it, who was brought in during the the Klinsman era, they all say the same thing. The tactic just wasn't there. They no, didn't develop no, a tactic. No, no, no. My point is, is that he wasn't the right tactician. Oops. He was not the right tactician. He was not the right strategist. He wasn't the right coach. He was the correct technical director. That's where he should have stayed. Um, it was far speculated that uh, Lowe was the mastermind behind the uh, 2016. And now that, you know, what he's done with Germany uh, being the defending champion, it, it, it seems to be true. Um. But Klinsman had to transform an entire culture. That is damn near impossible. He was able to do it with Germany because they have already had the, the, the soccer culture there. Um, they obviously resisted a bit, but they went along with it, and it was easier for them to adapt. Not so much 
here uh, in the United States. I said that he had a very difficult task. I thought that he, if he were to pull this off, he would forever be, you know, a, a miracle worker, a god in U.S. soccer. But it didn't turn out that way. But he was a master recruiter. He recruited uh, players. Germans. 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 It didn't matter. He recruited Germans. Off. But he had uh, Aaron Johansson as well. Okay. Let me let me pull that back a little bit. He recruited Europeans. He recruited Europeans. Here's, but, but he wasn't but, on. But, but Jonathan but, Gonzalez was not on the radar yet. And if he was, if Klinsmann was still in charge, um, at the end of the hex, I, I promise that he would have been capsized, uh, capsized well, uh, easily. Well, I'll I, tell I, you I, what, I he was guarantee it. Klinsmann was charged. Klinsmann was in charge uh, when Jonathan Gonzalez got left off the under twenty World Cup. He was. He was. He and, was in charge. He was in charge when. Uh, but when who, but when he, when but he was, he was fourteen, they, when he was being forced, no, but he oversaw. He did who over, was who he was did oversee it, but he was still doing part the, of the system, or he was still part of a no a, a system of arrogance, and obviously Klinsman, yeah. you know, so, th- there's a lot of arrogance coming from him as well. I mean, he he has no um. He's he's kind of part of that, but yeah, he's 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 not innocent in, yeah, he's in that. Not but innocent but by, here's, by any uh, stretch of the imagination. But here's 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 what I want to get to though, Lewis. Um, for me, the 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 fact that we uh were not the U.S. was not able to to uh, to lock down Jonathan Gonzalez, um, or the fact that Jonathan Gonzalez chose Mexico to me is not the story. The story is in the way that the U.S. went about recruiting a player like him. Um, in a country where we have a culture where there are where we're all about recruiting, uh, go to any college, any, any uh, top co- uh, uh, college, uh, um, not only football, basketball, even soccer, baseball, you know, whatever, whatever the sport might be, we have the colleges have networks of recruiters um, pulling guys out of high school, uh, pulling, you know, uh, uh, wooing them to come play for their team, for their college. And they have restrictions from the NCAA that they, they're not allowed to, to give them gifts or, or, you know, wine and dine their parents. Uh, but that's not the case with us soccer. Um, I'm I'm baffled that in a country like the United States that is all about recruiting, they could they did such a terrible job. They could at recruiting I mean, a player. They, they they couldn't find some strippers and blow for this guy. No, apparently not. Jeez, I mean, every other college does it. <laughs> um, no, no. Okay, that so, to me, that to me is is the the bigger the right. bigger story here. Right, it, it is the bigger story, especially with the the information that Hercules Gomez has revealed to us. Um, like I said before, if the United States had made the World Cup and Jonathan Gonzalez uh, picked Mexico over the United States, um, it would have just been uh, a small little blip. It would have been like, oh, we, we could have used that guy, but well, well, fuck that guy then. Let him play for Mexico. Not the case when your uh, your team is not going to the World Cup and you lost out on a player that could possibly... Uh, make you better in four years, or at least a, a player that uh, you hope to build around um, in, in the coming uh, uh, four years. Obviously, the, the, the mood changes depending on the situation. 
but you're right. The story is the, the recruiting process. Now, granted that in a situation like this, recruiting is obviously a must. And I, and I said it, Klinsman was a master recruiter. It doesn't matter where you got him from. He was a master recruiter. I truly believe that he would have recruited Jonathan Gonzalez should he have been the coach um, at the final uh, stages of the Hex. However, when you're talking about, and I've said this before, th- th- there is a problem um, there was that controversy about, you know, dual nationals. You know, are they really American or not? You know, these are the German guys, not really American. And there was a big uh, controversy uh, surrounding that. I know a couple of the women's uh, players, uh, you know, chimed in on there and and said their piece. Um, some but of the some of the men's too. Some of the men as well. Tim right? Howard. Tim Howard came out yeah. and said something. Yeah. So uh, I mean, th- this was at the height of that, you know. Um, controversy well i was kind of half on board with that where i said to myself look if we have to depend on a loophole if we have to depend on dual nationals who look you're you've played in germany uh pretty much like your entire career but through a loophole you're american and you can play for us if that's how we have to get players there's again something fundamentally wrong with the system it's not if we it's, can, it's, if it's we not cannot... a loophole. It's uh, it's not a loophole. They're they're the children of American servicemen. Most of most of the German born guys. Uh, to me, that's not a loophole. That means they're American. Well, when it comes to no, uh, as far as uh, citizenship, that, that's not a loophole. That is perfectly legal, and there's nothing there. I'm talking about FIFA. I'm talking about strictly FIFA, yeah. because you're saying, look, I know you're an American. But you lived in Germany. And I've said this before. Personally, I feel that if you were born in Germany, your parents are German, or any other country, it doesn't have to be Germany, any other country outside the United States, you were born in that country, your uh, your parents moved to the United States when you were one year old. You have no memory of your birth country. And for the past 18 years, you've been living in America? I consider you more American than the guy who was born in America or born to a, a serviceman on a base overseas and has spent your entire life in said country. And I stand by that. If you were living here this whole time and you went up through our academies, our youth development, our league, I consider you more American. But that's not happening here. We're dependent on somebody else's youth development to develop, you know, uh, servicemen's kids who've been living in that country for a, a longer period of time than they ever have been here in the States. That's a problem. That's a problem. Obviously, the German academy and the German uh, um, youth system is going to be significantly better than ours. They've had a hundred years head start. And I understand that. But we have to get better at this. It's sure. not going to happen overnight. That's where the sure. problem lies. Well, and I and, said, and look, even MLS. MLS has um, obviously grown. Yeah. And it has, um, even from 10 years ago, the league has improved its quality of play. It has grown in its um, ability to attract uh, foreign players. The, the, the market is now in South America. I've been saying this for 20 years. MLS is barely starting uh, to come around. And they're recruiting a lot more South American players. And in and in uh, return, it has made the league a lot stronger. 
what was supposed to happen is you recruit, you recruit these players, you go down there, you scout, you sign a player from South America or wherever. It doesn't have to be South America. It could be in Europe. You're making the league better. This was supposed to make the American player better. If you want a starting spot, you're going to have to earn it. You're going to have to be better than these guys. And in and in the, in return, these youth developments, hey, in order to be on the team, you're going to have to be better than this yeah, guy you're, or this you're guy. Gonna learn, you're going to learn from the guys. You're going to learn from, from these right. guys that are coming in. But that's not happening, though. If you look at – I mean, look at last year. Who – the leading goal scorers. There's no Americans on that list. Right. They're way down Top there. five, right? Top five. I mean, I, I don't even think there's any in the top ten. Hmm. Assists, Look, same thing. You're talking about foreign players coming in here, tearing this league apart, which is wait, great. Doesn't Sasha Kleshin th- have like the all-time assist record? I'm sorry. Doesn't Sasha Kleshin have like the all-time assist record? I no, it's not Sasha Kleshin, is it? I think he is. Oh no, no, no. he he matched uh, Valderrama's. Okay, well, he I has believe. been playing for a while. It's not like I mean. Uh, Look, you're not going to take a guy that's. Like, yeah, I'm not expecting a guy to to break records in one year. I mean, if you've been there for you know a, a long period of time, yeah, I expect you to to, to have done something. Yeah, here, here's season- here's something that that I don't think uh, I've heard very much um, from from a lot of different places. Um, everybody talks about the everybody talks about recruiting the Latin player. Everybody talks about. You know, finding the inner city, uh, you know, uh, minority kids. Um, that's the wrong approach. Uh, we shouldn't be going after minority kids because they're minorities. We shouldn't be going after um, uh, white college kids because they're white college kids and they're athletic. We should be going after and identifying the best players. The problem is everybody has a different uh, um, city to city, even within a city. Within a vast uh, city like Los Angeles, um, there are so many different styles of plays. You have the Armenian culture that has a style of play. You have the, the, the British culture here that has a style of play. You have the Mexicans that have a style of play. You have the, the Central Americans that have a style of play. The South Americans that have a different style of play. They're all different. So it goes back to what is the American identity? We don't have one. We don't have an identity for our team. If you go to Argentina, you know how they're going to play. You go to Brazil, you know how they're going to play. Everybody in the country plays the same way or similar or understands a style. For the United States, States, we're so big and so diverse. A lot of people say that that's, uh, you know, that's, that's a, a, a plus, but to me, that's also been a detriment to understanding how the United States is supposed to play. We don't know. Right. No, I, I agree with you there. Uh, it, it is uh, it is an asset as much as it is a liability. Um, we can sit here and pinpoint all the problems of U.S. Yes, that's the point we, of the podcast. We, right. We can, <laughs> we can sit here and say this is what needs to change. Uh, uh, this is a difficult part in uh, how do you recruit uh, uh, the players that are falling through the cracks? How do you uh, make, uh, how do you change the culture? How do you make sure that uh, the, the the kids are playing on a playground, some pickup game and not, you know, having to pay to play? All of these are valid points and all of these are problems. That's easy to do. To pinpoint the problem is easy. Solving it 
is a little trickier. Right. So we talk about the culture needs to change. Great. Now give me a solution. Give me an idea. How do you change this? Uh, okay. How do you how do you um, make sure that no player falls through the cracks? All these kids. Oh, you that don't. Are like you can't. That's impossible. School. Right. Exactly. So, but there's nothing else that. Even the candidates right now aren't even giving any sort of real, like, this is exactly what I'm going to do. This is what needs to happen. I'm just not sure how I'm going to implement it. And that's pretty much anybody. Anybody can pinpoint a problem. Fixing it is a completely different story. Um, I can say, well, we need to get better players. Right. And we need to develop better talent. Right. How do we do that? Right. I don't know how to do that. I'm not the one that, that's, uh, that's going to give you the answer. Um, I have an idea as to what you can probably change, but implementing it um, and seeing seeing if it works or seeing it through, that's a completely different story. Um, you know, you're saying, okay, we got to get rid of the pay-to-play. Okay, um, so everybody plays. How do we fund this? Right, yeah. You know, uh... so it, it, there, there's a lot of, um, you know, it's the same thing as like, oh well, the galaxy just need to, you know, sign uh, this guy. Okay, that that's not really possible. <laughs> but great idea though, <laughs> it's just not feasible. It, I heard I heard Cristiano Ronaldo was on the market. Yeah, there you go. Just sign him. Just sign I him. Mean, All our problems are solved. Yeah. Um, so the money you ones. know that, that there there is um, obviously uh, problems uh, from top to bottom. Even the league has its problems. As much as it's growing, as much as it's improving, it has its problems. Uh, they're not working with U.S. soccer. Uh, well, you know, example. you know what, you know what, the best way to uh, and and I will offer this up as a a not as a solution, but at least a start to something. Um, the best way to to solve the problem is to admit that there's a problem, and I think a lot of people are doing that now. Uh, I think that U.S. soccer is admitting there's a problem. And so enough people that love this sport and love the this country and want to see this country succeed in a sport and and have far better ideas and are far more qualified than I am, um, we're they're starting to admit there's a problem. It's like it's it's like when Obama was elected. They're like, oh, good, racism is over, uh, and then uh, Donald Trump got elected. So uh, and then we said like, oh no, there's a lot of racists out there and now at least um half of the country is saying hey there's a lot of racists out there uh we should probably do something about that um admitting that problem is it it goes a long way um i think and 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 not being ashamed of it i think is also what is going to help us uh heal and move forward I think for me, and it is good, a good starting point. I admit it is uh, admitting the problem is it's a very good and important first step. Uh, I think the next step is humility. Um, we talked about the arrogance um, up and down the system from, you know, the youth coaches to the senior coaches, MLS coaches, uh, the league itself who refuses to embrace the uh you know, we're not a developmental league. We want to be one of the top leagues in the world. I mean, I understand the ambition. We're Americans. We want to be the best, and I get it. But um, there's ways to do things. Um, I have always, and David, you've known this. I have said it for since the beginning of the league, since the inception of the league. I said, 
you need to look down south. If you want to improve, you need to look down south um, in recruiting your players and recruiting your coaches and just mimicking what they're doing. MLS is right now recruiting the players. Just earlier today, you had someone suggesting, look, you were starting to see that all uh, we're getting some cheap talent, some good cheap talent down there in South America, improving the league. Why aren't we getting these coaches who are developing uh, this talent? I'm like, you know what? I've been saying this for 20 years. The fundamental problem now is we're getting other people to do the job that American coaches should be doing. They're not learning anything. Because they don't want to learn anything. They feel that they've already learned everything that they need to learn. We heard Bruce Bruce Arena say, uh, we don't do anything different than European coaches. We're running the same drills as they are. Yeah, I don't need to learn anything else. We're we're already there. You know, there is a problem there that the the American coaches just don't want to learn. They cannot learn it. Um, MLS needs to, and we've talked about this, embrace the fact that you develop talent sell to the the big European uh, teams and can, you know, rinse and repeat. That's what Brazil and Argentina do. That's what Atlanta looks like they they're doing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, uh, I mean, is not going to be in the league for another two years. No, he's going to, he's out by the summer. He, yeah, he's very probably could be out by the summer. Um, I think if he lasts a summer, I, I don't think he, he, uh, he, he gets to, to, he won't be in Atlanta next season for sure. No, I can no, all no. be guaranteed I, that. I, I think he's gone in the summer, and that's probably why they brought in uh, uh, Barco. Right, right. Uh, because I, they, I, I they didn't have that, that replacement oh. ready to go. Right. Um, and, 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 and why is that happening? Look at the coach. This is an Argentine coach. Yeah. He understands it. Well, um, and, and, you know, and here's the thing. Here's the thing that, that these these – that needs to happen in in within MLS just say within the MLS structure is that old boys club that the the 90s the late 90s early 2000s era of coaching staff and Siggy I'm, so I'm including Siggy in this uh they need to go they need to move on and let the the guys who are hungrier and more willing to listen to these to the Tata Martinez the the Patrick Vieira I mean look at look at how well Patrick Vieira has done as a new coach. Right. And like anything else, you can't just pick out a random foreign coach and expect them to be successful. They, you sure. obviously have to do the same type of recruitment and, uh, you know, vetting process that you would, um, any other job, uh, that, that you're, uh, looking to fill. Um, if you're coming in here, like, uh, what's his face? Uh, uh, rude, uh, rude our coach, the, yeah, rude Hullet. Yeah, there you go. I don't know why I couldn't think of his name. Um, you know, okay, well, he's a big name. He's going to be a coach, and we're being ambitious. And the guy just didn't want to embrace the league. The guy didn't want to abide by the rules. He just didn't give a shit. Right. Yeah, of course he's failed spectacularly. Like, why Like, why would you think that that would have worked? Um, uh, it just it doesn't really make any sense. But if you're going out there and saying, hey, look, this is the league. It's a little different than what you're used to. This is, you know... Uh, the structure and blah, 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 blah. You accept these terms and, you know, you get the right guy. They can be very successful. And, um, you know, uh, you have uh, Vieira and uh, uh, Tata in there as perfect examples that uh, they can 
be that big coach that succeeds um, and thrives in this league. And and they're both in charge of exp- well, they're not technically expansion teams anymore, but they are you know right. uh, a, a, a newer t- uh, team in the league and have uh, have thrived. Um, but uh, again, I think MLS uh, as a whole. Uh, Don Garber is uh, definitely uh, guilty of this. Is the, the the same type of arrogance that they, they just mm-hmm. they don't want to uh, bow down to anybody else, and uh, you know they don't want to work together for a common goal. And it's just uh, that needs to change. Uh, yeah. I think that's a that's a good starting point. I think it's, U.S. Uh, you know the the federation along with MLS needs to get together. Hey, look, you know what? We have a common goal here, even if it is um, incidental. We we actually do have a common goal. Let's help each other out. Um, and and to me, I think that's a, a good starting point. Yeah, and 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 again, I'll, I'll reiterate what I was saying that um, the system needs to stop looking at uh, at players like Gonzalez, players like. Um, like green or even players like uh, Eddie Johnson as um, you know, sort of uh, diamonds in the rough sort of players or, or minority players, or uh, you know, we have to go over after him because he's a dual national and, and he could, you know, uh, he brings something different and we don't, that we don't understand. They just have to go after good players um, and they need to learn to identify the strengths in the players, even if they don't fit a traditional mold, whether they're American, whether they're Hispanic, whether they're black, whether they're Asian, they need to, uh, you know, or all of those, by the way, which can be encompassed in just being American. Um, I think that's the key. They, they need to change the way that they look at players. They, they shouldn't be looking at them like, oh, there's this Mexican American kid. They only need to see the American part um, because that's, I think that's the the cultural change that needs to happen. Um, we need to be able to to adapt uh, to to the culture, not not uh, adapt the culture to ourselves. Well said. All right. Well, uh, that's going to do it for penalties. Um, <laughs> I guess. Do we do we solve uh, do we solve uh, world hunger or do we solve uh, U.S. soccer's uh, cultural problem? Neither. I think we need a second penalty show. Ah, oh, crap! <laughs> All right. This is, uh, where, this is where Bobby has missed the most. So, like, really was back. Like, okay, guys, this is a ten-minute show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think about fifteen minutes ago, he would have, he would have just been sitting here crunching eyes, going, "Shut the fuck up." <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, guys, uh, that'll do it. Uh, don't forget to uh, listen to our podcast. Subscribe. Obviously, you're, you're listening right now. Um, follow us on Twitter, check out our Instagram, uh, check out, uh, the GoFundMe page for Bobby's mom. Uh, the funeral is this Sunday. So, um, if you can help, please, please help, uh, retweet the, the link. Uh, I just put it up on Twitter. Uh, you know that cause you probably saw it already. Uh, all right. Well guys, that's it for me. Uh, good night. This is LA is our house penalties. Lewis say good night. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Sorry we dragged it a little longer than we should have. <laughs> Story of our lives.